You will never create a new future by reliving the past. You have to let it go to go forward with your life. You can't just pretend that the things that happened to you didn't happen to you. You can't just pretend that the things that are hurting you aren't hurting you. I really was in this state of denial, like complete denial, complete pretending. Instead of just looking myself in the mirror and being like, girl, you're not okay. If you want new things for yourself, you have to let go of the version of yourself that you created because you rejected who you really were, the version of yourself that you had to be in order to survive. You have to rebuild to look into the future with bones uncovered. As scared as that feeling is to not know what the fuck is in front of you, at least you know what you're leaving behind you. But you're awakening already, right? It's already happening. That's why you're here and why you're listening. Nothing is broken in your world. Nothing needs to be changed. Nothing needs to be different. And yet everything is constantly changing because it is the inevitable nature of that which is eternal. What I've come to realize in this endless searching for answers is that there really are not. If you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, then, then what do you have? You have an act. Right? Instead of a life. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc the legends are true overwhelming power sauce of destiny yes the most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Donald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! I participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Hello, and welcome back to... Figuring shit out. I am Vanessa Fontana, and this is episode 23. I'm so happy to be back recording in my space, back recording with clarity in my mind. Um, if you've been following the podcast for a while, you know that I post pretty regularly every Sunday, but the last few weeks have been missed here and there because of some life situations, some journeys that I'm going to share on this episode. But if you are new here, Figuring Shit Out is a podcast all around self-help, healing, and getting out of your own way into the light. I began Figuring Shit Out after going through a lot of my own evolution and my own darkness, realizing that so much of our pursuit of self is truly us holding us back from our highest selves and making self-help something that is accessible, something that is talked about in conversation and not caveated with a dialogue of jargon, something that is not clouded with the inability to openly discuss it is really important to me. It's my mission with figuring shit out. And the whole premise of this show is truly all about the journey. It is truly all about the finding flow and finding enjoyment and not knowing, finding enjoyment and figuring shit out, knowing that you'll never have it figured out. You'll never have all of the answers and you wouldn't want to have the answers anyways. We'll be on that endless journey of figuring shit out for the rest of our lives. And it's about learning how to really sit in and enjoy the not knowing, the piecing together, the falling of things into place. And 
that intro and the discussion about what this podcast is, is really essential to this episode, which is all about learning how to let go of the past. So I don't have really a structure for how I want to go about this episode. I'm just speaking in stream of consciousness because I want to take you a little bit through my journey over the last few weeks, leaving home, New York City, and finding home again in myself, in my own space, rebirthing and understanding what I needed to truly let go of in order to move forward in my life. I think a lot of us can oftentimes feel very stuck in our lives. We can feel like nothing is moving and nothing is happening. It is so, so common to be confused and it is so common to not know what the fuck you're doing and for that to feel like the heaviest thing in the entire world. And I've felt that so much throughout my whole life, but particularly in the last six months to a year of my life where I have really realized that I want to make an impact on the world around me. I want to share my words and my gifts and I want to expand that avenue of my life with confidence and with grace and allow it to give back to me. And the key word in all of that is allow. And I think that so much of us get in our own way of really allowing things to come in, allowing things to leave us. And I think that this can be really closely intertwined with the shadow work series as well, because once you understand and validate what has happened to you in your life that has perhaps caused you to have limits on yourself or has perhaps made you scared of living a future that you want, you have to learn how to let it go. And I did a lot of that this last month. I left New York City to go see my mom on a planned trip to see her. And right before I went to go see her, which was when I recorded my last episode, which I honestly haven't even been able to listen to because it was recorded at a time where I felt really dark. And I think that that kind of spoke through. Um, It was a very honest episode, but I don't think it was recorded with the best quality. And I feel a certain stickiness around putting that out in general, just because I think that I did not allow myself to have the time or space that I really needed to process what I was going through. And I really felt like I needed to show up for this podcast and continue the momentum and growth that was already taking place. And it's not a regret publishing that episode, but it definitely is something that I've learned in doing so of allowing because I never want to get on this microphone and start talking from a place of outside of myself. I never want to feel pressured to be here, to sit here, to be inauthentic in any way, shape or form. And that episode was very raw, very real. It was all about death and loss and the inevitability of it and what it had taught me. But I think that the place that I spoke from was still one of confusion. It was still one of grappling with all of that. And I didn't really allow myself to fully process it before getting on a microphone. And I think that I learned from that something that I needed to allow, which was rest, really process things and not rush them to have patience with yourself as you move through times of grief or times of loss or times of challenge. And so The last few weeks, I've gone through this journey of realizing what I needed to let go of, how much I wasn't truly letting go of, and how deeply intertwined that is with building the future that you want and not being defined by the past. So the week that I left to go see my mom, which was a planned trip, I had my plans to go to West Virginia um, and to spend time with my mom out there. I was going to have her on the podcast. It didn't end up happening. I really trust that if that was supposed to happen, it would have. Maybe it will one day, but it didn't feel right for the place that I was in. And I'm glad that I honored that and I didn't force it. After West Virginia, I had a trip planned to Denver um, to see my friend who lives out there. And there I found a lot of clarity. I had about two and a half weeks of travel planned. um, And I really thought looking forward to it, that it would be something that would give me creative space. It would give me space to do what I needed to do and really invest in this, in the podcast, in really learning things that I could take back with me and 
transmute into words and into stories. And I think I had this idea going into it that it would be a very peaceful time away from my responsibilities in New York City, but it ended up being burdened with a lot of things that I needed to process. And I'm glad that I had the time to do that in those three weeks. But so much of my inability to see the light in the last few weeks has been all around my inability to admit, my inability to face. And I think it is so important to realize that to move on and to go forward with your life, you can't just pretend that the things that happened to you didn't happen to you. You can't just pretend that the things that are hurting you aren't hurting you. You can't just pretend that you don't feel what you feel. And stifle it and try to go past it, it will never work because it's stuck inside of you. And unintentionally, unknowingly, I did that because I was truly feeling so many colors of life, so many colors that felt so heavy all at once. And I didn't understand them. And God forbid, God forbid, I feel something that I don't understand. God forbid, I feel something that I cannot analyze, that I cannot decode, that I cannot decipher. And I truly felt so overwhelmed with a plethora of different feelings of loss and grief and confusion. It felt like all of the things in my life really felt a dust and nothing very crazy happened. It wasn't like I went through this huge life change, but it was in my internal world and it was in my external world. And it was all that I was seeing around me and all that I was feeling inside of me and all that I don't think I was really willing to admit to myself until I had to fully. And in that week alone, my boyfriend left for tour So I said goodbye to him. And then two days later, I went to a funeral. And this was the funeral of my uncle, who I wasn't very, very close to, but I did see all of my family at his funeral. And I witnessed my dad going through significant grief. And I witnessed people who I had witnessed go through grief before go through grief again with someone else. I witnessed two children lose their father. I was so confused about really what that was supposed to show me in terms of the gratitude for having my father um, in my life and having an evolving relationship with him. And right before I left, I made quite a mistake of digging some things up that I don't think I was really prepared to see, but I think that I needed to see it and I needed to feel the rawness of the emotions to let it go. And to understand that I don't need to live in the past and relive the past to prevent the past from being part of my future. You prevent the past from being part of your future by leaving it behind and not by reliving it and looking out for it and trying to figure out how not to replicate the same situations to trust that you saw what you saw, you felt what you felt, you learned what you did, and now you can move forward. You don't have to hold on to it. And I think we hold on to so much pain and we use it as our identity because it gives us some sort of ground to stand on. It allows us to feel like very deeply embedded in our humanity because I think pain is something that we all experience and we all can relate to, but at the same time, There is a competitiveness that exists within pain. There is an egoic identity that exists within pain. There is an inability to let go of pain because of the familiarity you may have with it. And I have gone through so much evolution and my experience with my pain in childhood particularly, but especially in my therapy right now, which is EMDR, um, which is bilateral stimulation. It allows you to reprocess traumatic events. And so I resurfaced a lot that um, was really raw and really a true depiction of what the worst of my childhood was like. And after about two hours of reading these things, um, To be a bit more specific, I found some reports that were written by doctors and psychologists at the time. Um, I found some dialogue between my parents. I found a real depiction of what was happening when I was a child that I knew was happening, but I don't think I really 
truly understood the depth of it all until I saw those things. And it really confirmed a lot for me. And the night that I read through it all, it was the night before the funeral of my uncle. And so I was dealing with going to a funeral in general and um, the grief of that and the grief of other people's grief and reliving events that I am actively trying to process and let go of, truly reliving it, truly feeling the pain of, of it all. Seeing my parents in a different perspective, in a different light, feeling the confusion of what happened and what does this mean and why did it go so wrong and what is it supposed to teach me? The grief of that childhood, the grief of what I didn't grieve for so long. And then I went to go see my mom. (laughs) The very next day I went to go see my mom, which was really hard to do in and of itself because of the healing that I am evolving through in general. But because of everything I had just read. I was feeling so many things that I really just closed myself completely. I didn't want to feel any of it. And I knew that I needed to get through what I needed to get through and I needed to be strong through it. But I didn't feel strong and I didn't feel okay. And I think it's really challenging as well to reconcile the confusion and the grief and the sadness and the being 23 and not knowing what the fuck I'm doing, to be quite honest, and having a podcast (laughs) that is centered around self-help, that is centered around giving advice, having people listen to me and look to me for it when sometimes I don't even know how to help myself. And that's the problem is that we are able to be so objective with other people and yet so critical and harsh and confused with ourselves. And I've felt such dissonance between those two things of how can I be this? How can I be this confident and self-assured person? How can I be this grounded and strong and resilient person half the time? But the other half of the time, I just feel like a kid. I just feel like I am sorting through a lot of things that may never be completely sorted. I feel lost a lot of the time. And a lot of the time I don't. And so there's this true confusion of which one is real and which one is me. And I think that I've found the answer is that two things can exist at once, just like many, many truths can exist at once. And the lessons that I learned in reading those really raw documents and reliving what I did in those dialogues between my parents that I probably didn't need to see was that everyone has their truth. Everyone has their story of what happened. And for so long in my life, I really wanted to know the history. I wanted to know exactly what happened and what went down and try to almost watch it from a third person point of view so that I could know who to believe and know what to think, know what to feel. And I think that so much of that has been a true rejection of my own feelings, my own experience. I ask everyone else what happened and what they saw and what they thought and what they experienced, not just in my own family dynamic, but with everything. You know, what did you think about this? And I use that to inform my opinion about it as a way to be as objective as possible, but really because there's a lack of trust. There's a lack of trust in my ability to validate the feelings that I have, the experiences that I have without first making sure that's valid with someone else. And I think that this is a huge, huge downfall of a lot of us. I think that a lot of us don't know what to believe and we don't know how to trust ourselves and we don't know how to admit to ourselves what we are feeling without first making sure if it's okay. And it's a big people pleaser method and tactic. And I've used it for so much of my life to be compliant. There was this one part of the documentation that I had read And I'm not being very specific about this because it's very personal to my family and events that had happened. And I don't think it's extremely necessary. I feel like 
this episode is already about my own experience and I'm trying to transmute it as much as possible into what I've learned from it and make it so that the people who are listening can gain value from it and really take what is resonant for them. So I don't want to get too in the weeds with what exactly was happening or what exactly I'd read and what exactly I was feeling when it comes to the trauma. In the documents, the thing that stuck with me the most was this assessment of myself as a child. I think I was 12 years old and it was a paragraph written about me. It wasn't very long. And I almost wish that I could find something like this for a really long time. I swear I manifested this in some way because there was this part of me that was like, what does someone from the outside think? Like what was actually real? And I think for so much of my life, I didn't know what was real and what wasn't. And I didn't really know who to believe. And so this document that I found was literally a psychological analysis of every member of my family and a depiction of what was happening. And it was essentially a recommendation that was given. Um, I won't say much more. However, my paragraph, the one that was about me, it was short and it said something that stuck with me. It said, Vanessa is a very compliant and thoughtful girl, compliant and thoughtful. And my response to what's gone on in my life has always been compliance. It's always been shut up and stay quiet and do what you need to do to survive and make the people around you happy and essentially abandon yourself and be what they need you to be, be what they want you to be, be what will make them the most peaceful version of themselves so that they do not project what is not the most peaceful version of themselves onto you. Stay neutral, stay calm stay the peacemaker. That was my role. It was the fixer. It was the helper. It was the peacemaker. It was the people pleaser. And doing that at a young age for so much of my life has been such a challenging thing to cope with as I grow up. And as I realize that that is not the identity that is truly me and it is not what I want for myself. I do not want to be known as the compliant and thoughtful girl. There is goodness in being compliant. There's goodness in being thoughtful. I, I am both of those things. But in the way that I learned how to be those things, it was truly abandonment. It was not because that that's how I was. I always had an opinion. Everyone always has an opinion, but I never felt like mine was important enough or valid enough to share with the world. And I needed approval from others before I could speak, before I could do anything because I lived in so much fear for so much of my life. And I know that this is extreme color background on Vanessa and who she is and me and my life. This almost feels like a therapy session, to be quite honest. But the journey that I've been through in witnessing so much of myself in areas of my life where I was living inauthentically because I had to, because it was survival, has made me realize that I don't need to, and you don't need to relive the past in order to create a new future. You don't need to relive the past to honor your inner child. You don't need to relive the pain to honor your inner child. You honor your inner child, not by making them feel all the pain that they felt when they were a child, but you honor them by moving forward with the most authentic version of who they were. And I think I asked myself that question and I felt a lot of grief between who I was before I was the compliant and thoughtful Vanessa and who I abandoned to become that. And the answer of who I abandoned to become that was I was bright and I was talkative and I was loud and I would get in trouble for speaking in class and for distracting the class and I would 
be at the head of the class, raising my hand and teaching people things. And I was truly a force to be reckoned with when I was a small kid. I would perform for my stuffed animals because I knew that they wanted a show and I wanted to give them one. I was so bright and so boisterous and so precocious as a young kid. And what I became in order to survive was shy and quiet and hidden from the world. I think that the bridge of those identities has always been something so painful for me because I always did think to myself, how was I this way for so long? And then I was the opposite. And when you go through pain, typically you abandon everything about yourself that is authentic and that is true as a survival mechanism to go through in your life what is what is facing you. And um in the last few weeks, I've I've learned so much about the need to validate, the need to admit your feelings about things and how... If you've been wanting to learn a new language because you want to pick up a new skill or hobby, then Rosetta Stone is for you. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning app available on desktop and also can be used as an app on your phone. Rosetta Stone teaches through immersion. Instead of memorizing and drilling vocabulary words into your head, you learn by matching audio from native speakers to visuals, reading stories, and participating in dialogues. There are no English translations in the product, so you're getting trained to listen, speak, read, write, and think in your new language. Rosetta Stone offers 25 languages from Spanish, French, Italian, German, Chinese, Korean, Japanese, and even Dutch, and offers a lifetime membership. So you can buy the program now and get forever access to all the lessons for the languages and literally never pay a renewal fee. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Figuring Shit Out listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash today. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So much closing your heart hurts you. It hurts you so much to not feel the things that you're feeling and to pretend that you are not feeling the things that you're feeling. It is a disservice to you to reject your experience, to put it in a little box inside of your heart and never open it. It cannot get through and you cannot move past it by doing that. It is a true rejection of self to pretend that we don't feel what we feel and to not admit what we're going through and what's happening and what the state of life is around us because we know it's there. and. I had a true moment of consciousness, of awakening, where I realized how closed I was, where I realized how much I was rejecting, where I realized how much I wasn't feeling, where I realized how much instead of feeling the sadness that I felt over so many of the things that were going on in my life, the confusion that I felt, I just simply became kind of angry and resentful and numb. And for someone who feels very deeply, being numb is one of the hardest things to feel in the world. I would so much rather be sad than be numb. I would so much rather be angry than be numb. But it is, again, the compliance and the thoughtfulness for others to not feel what is happening inside of you. And I had a moment of awakening when I was in Denver. So I left West Virginia and West Virginia was, um, it was really good because I was able to I think, forge a new path forward there. I sat in a lot of darkness while I was there. 
And I sat in it longer than I had to because I wouldn't admit that I was sitting in it. And I knew that I was, and I could admit it kind of to myself, but I couldn't admit it to anyone else around me. I resisted it and I rejected it. And resisting and rejecting what is happening will not make it go away. It will simply cause it to be filled with even more frustration. So it's not only are you feeling sad, are you feeling dark, are you feeling heavy, but you are feeling heavy about the fact that you're heavy. You are feeling dark about the fact that you're dark. You perpetuate it and you amplify it by not feeling it and by being angry at the fact that you are feeling it. And I think that that's why I had to go on this three-week-long journey back home to myself because there was so much that I simply was not allowing to happen. I was not allowing myself to feel sad about missing my boyfriend for a month. I was not allowing myself to feel sad about my uncle dying, even though I wasn't close to him. And it's like, I have to say that. I have to be like, I wasn't close to him almost as a way to be like, no, 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 don't feel sorry for me. Like, it's okay. I'm just being dramatic, whatever. Like, no, no, it's okay to feel that. It's okay to feel sad that someone in your family isn't here anymore. It's okay to feel sad that you're watching people you love go through the loss of that. And it's okay to feel lost. Like that is okay. It's okay to feel sad that I was having this really deeply complex experience with my childhood and my pain that I didn't understand and that I had a lot of fear going forward into the chapter of my life that was travel, that was supposed to be peaceful, that was supposed to give me space. I didn't have any of it. And it was okay to feel all of those things that I was feeling, but I just wasn't letting myself truly, truly be there. I was looking for peace and I didn't even find it until I truly got back to New York. It was then when I had that full circle moment and I just realized this is the piece that I've been looking for. And I just had to go on that three week long journey of having no clarity, finding clarity sometimes ish, and then finding it again fully in a new way, in a new version of myself, in a new season. I made it so much more complicated than it needed to be by not allowing myself. And when I tell you that I have never in my life found clarity in a place of confusion, I have never in my life found answers while being so worried about finding them. I have never in my life been able to find the strength that I needed to move forward by worrying and feeling like I would always feel weak. Never in my life have I ever been able to gauge the sense of peace in a moment of chaos, worrying if the peace would ever come. Never. And that's what I was doing. I was in the darkness, eyes closed, looking for light, looking for light with my eyes closed. I didn't even know that they were closed. And I'm like, where is it? Where is it? Is it going to come again? Am I going to find it again? And, and I wasn't because my eyes were closed and I didn't know it. And then I had this moment of awakening, a day in Denver, sort of towards the end of the trip. It was really beautiful. It was really wonderful to see a new place and to be somewhere new and to be in really good company and to just kind of feel grounded again in nature, in life, to be out West. I felt so connected to the peace out there and I really felt a shift in the air. I felt a shift in myself, but it wasn't completely through, you know, I wasn't through all of it. I was kind of hoping that I would be, that I would just like get there and be feel fine. But really, it was a lot longer than I had hoped that it would be for me to kind of refine myself. So much of the time, I was just so impatient with it. It was towards the end of the trip where um, me and my friend Maddie, we went to Red Rocks in the morning for a hike. And it's this beautiful amphitheater that has a lot of concerts and whatnot, but it's like a really beautiful park as well. So we went there and I saw this house that looked so familiar. It was covered in vines. And I was like, I've seen that house before. We drove past it once before. And I remember looking at it and being like, why does that house look so familiar? I don't know why. And I couldn't put my finger on it. Like, I don't know why I felt so connected to that house, but I looked to my left and I saw the number that I see when I feel aligned or when I feel truly, truly connected. This year, particularly, I started seeing 111, and it was really my symbol and sign for alignment. Um, and I saw the house. I looked to my left. I see that number. And I just felt this click inside of my heart. I felt like I didn't know what it was, but something was just shifted. And 
Later on that night, I had a conversation with my boyfriend who kind of, I was like going through all of these experiences and I was going through them very isolatively. Like I was really going through it and telling no one. While I was going through all of this, I told him very little. And there was a moment where really he was like, okay, like what's going on? Like what's happening here? And I could feel myself want to close. Like I could feel myself want to shut down. I could feel myself really be like, no, 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 like nothing's wrong. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's literally not fine. It's not fine. It's not fine. And in that moment, I could feel my heart open. Like I could feel everything in me just open and I could feel the love that I was not letting myself feel for him and also just for my experience, like my growth, my evolution, all the things that had just happened in the last few weeks of darkness met with moments of beautiful light. And then there I was opening my eyes and it was my moment of realizing how unconscious I was. It was my moment of realizing how much I had pushed him away, how much I had pushed the people in my life who I love away, like not even trying to really do so, but simply by not admitting to myself what I was feeling and not allowing myself to feel it and not sharing my experience with myself or literally anyone around me. I was just kind of waking up every day, hoping that it would click, it would go away. I had released my routine, which is something I never do. I wake up every day and I meditate and I journal and I have my moment. I have like my hour by myself every single day, at least an hour a day. I don't check my phone. I don't talk to anyone. And I completely abandoned that. I was waking up every day and just kind of walking around, wandering, lost. I just felt so disconnected from myself. I didn't know how to connect with other people. And I definitely did not know how to connect with people over a microphone on a podcast. And so like, there was just this identity crisis that I was having by not admitting, by not feeling it, by wishing that the circumstances were different. And there were a few days that I had woken up and I was like, I'm not going to live this way. Like I cannot feel this way anymore. And I did go through my routine and I really felt myself grounded and centered again. And it was the rekindling of the things that I know make me feel good the things that I know are really important for me to have in my life that allowed me to come to the moment of opening my heart. It was these baby steps that I was taking to feeling really lost and then being like, okay, well, what can I do in small ways to make myself feel better? Maybe I'm still not admitting everything, but I at least know that I can take care of myself the way that I know how. And then finally realizing how are you actually hurting yourself right now? And the point of all of this, the point of this story and this journey that I've taken you on, which is about to end, and I'll get to really the crux of all of it, is it's so hard to realize, especially when you make efforts towards consciousness, when you make efforts towards healing, when you make efforts towards becoming a better version of who you are, to realize that you fucked up. To realize that you made a mistake, to realize that life will always humble you. It is, it's really hard to feel like you missed something. Like, how could I have missed something? I do all of these things right. How could I have missed it? And it's really crucial that you know and that you remember that all of that is so important. It is so important throughout all of the confusion, all of the darkness though I wouldn't really let myself feel it, and though I couldn't really admit it, I just also knew, all right, like there is something really substantial in me being here right now. I don't know what it is, but I know that it's substantial. And the full circle moment that I had nearing the end of Denver, opening my heart and realizing that I was not allowing myself to feel love for this person who I deeply love, because it was too scary to feel it while I was feeling all of the confusion. And so I just completely closed off everything. And so I I really was in this state of denial, like complete denial, complete pretending, like everything was just fine and dandy. Instead of just looking myself in the mirror and being like, girl, you're not okay. You are not okay. And that's okay. It's okay to not be okay. You're not okay. Cry, scream, let it out. You don't need to know why you're feeling what you're feeling. 
Where are you feeling it and how is it feeling? Not why are you feeling it? Not why, not questioning, not questioning if it's valid, not questioning where it came from, where it stemmed from, not psychoanalyzing it, removing yourself from the experience as a third party so that you don't have to feel it. It's just a backdoor way of not feeling it. The night that my heart had opened, I sat there and I thought about the last few weeks and I looked at all the things that I was expecting to go wrong and I really said to myself like, wow, like you fucking worried for nothing. All of these things that you thought maybe you could prevent if you just if you just brought them to the forefront of your mind and felt fear about them. You had to feel all of that for no real reason except to learn to let it go because that's not your future. That's not your present. That's not your life. That's what it felt like I was being told. And I had looked outside of myself almost and I realized that the source that I love and that loves me and that has always held me and that has always guided me, whatever definition I come to have of it, you can't define what is undefinable. You can't define what is undefinable about why things went wrong or your relationship with God and what God you believe in. And you can't define your experience with your feelings or your relationships to your feelings or your relationships in general. Things just fucking happen. And You get through them by getting through them, by going through them and not by avoiding them or trying to take a circuitous route or pretending that they don't exist. And I just felt so protected in that moment. I felt so grateful in that moment. I felt like so silly, but not in a shameful way. I just felt like I finally understood that it was going to be okay and that I didn't need to fucking worry as much as I was worrying. Like, what is worrying that the worst case scenario will happen? Like, what does that ever do? Except make it more likely that it's going to happen. And I think when we relive our past and we can't let go of it, we try to prevent our past from reoccurring. But really all we do is we look outwards into the future with a confirmation bias. If you want a new life, if you want a life of your dreams, if you want new things for yourself, you have to let go of the version of yourself that you had to be in order to survive. You have to let go of the version of yourself that you created because you rejected who you really were. You have to rebuild and you have to look into the future with bones uncovered. As scared as that feeling is to not know what the fuck is in front of you, at least you know what you're leaving behind you. And you don't leave it behind you by reading through pages and pages of history on what happened and trying to dissect why God and the universe created this situation for you. You don't you don't need to do any of that. You simply need to leave it behind, but you can't leave it behind if you don't feel it first, if you don't admit it first, if you don't admit that it's still inside of you, you're going to go through a fucking three week long journey of avoiding your feelings when it was so simple. It was simply being patient with myself. It was simply allowing myself. It was simply allowing, allowing the guidance to find me, allowing the peace to find me, allowing the feelings to flow through me, allowing it to happen, waiting for the moment that it all made sense instead of looking and scouring for it, trying to get back to what I feel like is my best self, trying to get back to what I feel like is my most productive self. And it's it's a shame that We do not allow ourselves to be there and we don't talk about it. We don't admit it. And this has been a really personal episode. This has literally felt like a therapy session. But if you're new to this podcast and this is your first episode and I just took you on a three week long journey and you have no idea who I am. Hello, I'm Vanessa and I am no longer compliant and thoughtful in the same way that I was when I was 12 years old in that document. Anyways, this has been a very personal episode. So much of what I've learned to express is honesty. I think that if you're not honest, you are rejecting or denying or pretending. And I think that the moment where I realized how unconscious I was and how so much of my experience was simply projections that I wasn't seeing. And I opened myself up to being conscious and I opened myself up to love 
to feeling the love that I already felt that I wouldn't let myself feel. How silly of me. How silly of me. That moment I realized truly how much I keep inside of me, how much I filter my narrative to other people, how much I curb myself to be who people want or who I think people want me to be, how small I make myself to make other people feel okay. And if I think about my inner child and who she was before the compliant and thoughtful girl, it was someone who was really unapologetic in their beingness. I think all kids are really. I really felt so free to express myself and so free to feel what I was feeling. I was so opinionated and I was so happy to express it in any way that I could. And the way that I fear doing that now, even having a podcast, even having overcome so much of that fear of being seen, I still feel it. It still trickles in and it trickles in in the moments where everything is hard. And I think that that's why those moments where everything is hard are so fucking important because you don't learn shit when you're coasting through life. You don't learn shit nearly as much when, you know, everything is just working out and going so great. You learn shit when you have a rise and then you have a, a fall and then you rise higher because of what you learned in the fall. Inevitably, that fall will happen again. It will always happen. That is the cyclical nature of life. And in order for you to continue learning and learn new things, like not the same lessons over and over again, you have to let go of what you've learned already. You have to let go of what the past has taught you. You have to make your peace with it by saying, okay, like you hurt. Thank you for teaching me what you did. Thank you for putting me in the present moment that I have the gratitude and the ability now to, to thank you with, but I'm letting you go now. I don't need to remember you all the time. I don't need you to be forefront and present all the time. And for me, that's been so hard as someone who has clung on to history and who has always wanted to make sense of things and always wanted to analyze things, to understand myself deeply and to understand the world deeply and to observe how things occur and unfold and happen. I have journals upon journals upon journals, stories of my life that are now under my bed because I kept them out. I kept them all over my room for so long and I would just pick them up and I'd read them. And sometimes I'd find really fun things and I'd remember something. And other times I'd find things that I didn't need to be remembering all the time. I didn't need to be reliving all the time. And it's okay to validate what happened to you. It's okay to validate what occurred in your life that felt so heavy without needing to always remember it in order to prevent it. You are not going to prevent the future from becoming the past by reliving the past. You're just going to be stuck in the past. And I think so much of us, Joe Dispenza actually talks a lot about this. People would rather be in the familiar past, even though it's painful, instead of the unfamiliar future, even though it is filled with hope and it's filled with promise because it's scary, because it's the unknown. And I think that being on the precipice of unknown is the reason why I was there. I was stuck there. I was precipitating that all of these things would occur in ways that maybe they have in the past. I think I really hurt myself and I admit that. I, I hurt myself by not admitting what I was feeling. And I I want to be honest. I want to be very clear about the fact that I know a lot of people listen to me and look to me for advice. And thank you for listening. And thank you for connecting with this experience. But I am figuring shit out too. I am figuring things out as I go. I am learning and I'm gaining wisdom along the way. And I am humbled by life every phase of it. And there really is always a version of yourself out there somewhere that knows more and is wiser and is stronger. And I think that that's the version that I tap into when I sit on this soapbox and I talk into my microphone. I think I I speak from a place of knowing that is within me, but isn't within me always. And I want you to know that you can listen to my three-week-long story and all of what I had just 
very vulnerably shared with you and take what you will from it. Or you can look for the the wisdom inside of your own heart and the knowing inside of your own heart because it's there. It's there if you listen and it's there if you simply allow it to be, but you have to allow it to be. You will never create a new future by reliving the past. And it's so important to know what happened to you. And it's so important to feel through that experience. But there is a point in time where you have to let it go. You have to let it go if you want a different future. And you have to expect that things are not going to turn out the same way. You have to love boldly and loudly and with your whole being Because you do and you can and pretending like you don't is just doing a disservice to you. And if you end up looking like a fool for doing it, if you end up getting hurt, so be it. At least you gave your all. You're here to feel and you're here to be confused and you're here to go through three week long journeys that feel so much longer than they should be to find peace again in the place that you left without it. So let yourself feel and let yourself admit and ask yourself what you're not and get through it and be patient as you get to the other side. And when you get to the other side, leave it behind. So if you spend your whole life trying to get your act together, you don't have a life, you have an act. So go and live your fucking life. I missed you guys and I missed this so much and there's going to be so much in store for you. I'm having my first guest next week on the podcast. It won't be the episode next week, likely. I'm not sure yet, but it will be coming this month. There's so much in store. I'm so excited and thank you all for listening. If you liked this episode, please leave a review. Okay, bye. You got to look for the redeeming feature. You got to look for things to appreciate. You got to find a reason to make it okay where you are. No, I've got to strive and struggle and try. That's what I've been taught. Growth and expansion is my quest. Now, that's inevitable. Whether it comes easy or hard is the question. The horrible truth is that it's an inside job. That if you're going to get that love and that respect that you've just so, that connect, that union starts inside. To every experience of growth, there is an equal and an opposite. And that equal and an opposite is what drives you to that light. So you have to start inwards. You have to start first within yourself. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.